We're going to start this week uh, a series that'll, that's going to go on for, for a little bit. And I don't, even if, I don't even know if it's a series, but I think what we're going to do uh, starting today, and we've been talking about this, we're just going to go through the Bible, uh, starting from Genesis and work our way to Revelation, and, and maybe we'll get to Revelation when Jesus comes back. I don't know if it'll work out that way, but it's going to take some time. But we're not going to go, you know, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. What we're going to do is we're going to look at these stories, um, key stories of the Bible. And, you know, when we look at stories, and we talked about it last week, how, you know, it's one of the most natural ways in which we learn is the telling of stories. Jesus told parables. And so um, we're going to be focusing in on the stories. But I guarantee you this, as we go through the, these these stories in the Bible, you'll get a really good understanding and a feel of how the Bible kind of flows. And it's going to be exciting. And I believe it's going to motivate you to get into the Bible even more. And you might be thinking, you know, but man, my Bible, I, I got to get a new Bible. You know, I want to encourage you, if you feel like that, or if you know, you're like, I don't know if I should read the Bible, you know, just go and find a Bible you like. Now, there's all kinds of Bibles out there. You know, and what I would recommend to you is, you know, the guy leading worship, his name is Kai this morning, and, you know, he works at a, um, at a Logos bookstore, and there they got like Bibles for everybody. There's like the, the, Bible for, um, the Bible for police officers and for Navy people, and they, I mean, seriously, there's Bibles for everybody, everybody in there. Um, Bible for those who drink coffee, you know, things like that, and you just find one you like. And then you get that one because, you know, you're, gonna, you're not going to read a Bible you don't like. And so just find one you like, you know. And you might be, you might be as, as, you know, like for me, um, um, the, the type of the Bible, you know, the typeface of the Bible, that's really important to me. You know, I, uh, there's certain ones that I, it's easier for me to read. I get that, you know. And so go see Kai or if, you know, you're not sure and, and you don't know who Kai is, you know, come see me after. I can help you out. And like I said last week, you know, I'm so excited about this. If you don't know, and you, you know, one day you think, I've got to give me a new Bible, I'll go down with you to Logos, and I'll spend your money, and we'll buy you a Bible, all right? But I'm going to help, I mean, whatever it takes. And so, you know, the, we talked about it all last week, was the Bible is real. And it's something I think, as we begin this, that, that I want you to really understand and grab, that the Bible is real. It's not just this literary work of, of fiction, it's not just this religious book, you know, written by these religious scholars and, and all this about Christianity, that the Bible is so much more. That the Bible is the written word of God. That it is, it is the actual written word of Almighty God, the God who created everything. We're going to read about that. I mean, the God of this universe, that, that this is his word. And in his essence, the Bible is about real life. It's about real people. When we talk about, you know, the different people in the Bible, they're real people. They're real people. And, and they go through real challenges. And then what we're going to find is the Bible gives real answers. And the reason why that's so important is because whatever we read, you know, whatever passage we read, God can speak to you exactly where you are. Because you're going through real life. You're a real person. You go through real challenges, and you need real answers. And that's what the Bible provides. That's what the Bible is. It's God's word written 
for you, all right? And again, we look at 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. It says all Scripture is, is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So that what? So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. That every story, every passage, every single verse is applicable and beneficial for your life. That it is God speaking directly and personally to you um, through the pages of the Bible. And the more I think about it, it's just astounding to me that God does that, you know, that it's, it's, it's crazy. And so this morning, we're going to look at the story of creation in the book of Genesis. Now, you know, we all kind of heard about it. We, you know, we talked about it. I mean, you, know, you probably talked about it or heard about it, you know, about Adam and Eve and the whole thing. And, and we're going to start there. You know, the story of creation. And the word Genesis in its origin means, you know, it means origin or it means creation. And that's why Genesis is often um, referred to as the book of beginnings, because that's kind of what it is. That's why it's where it's at. It is the book of beginnings. And Genesis starts off with the creation of everything except God. See? Because God was there before the beginning. God has always existed. Um, how do you explain that? I don't know. I don't know how you explain that. But that's who God is. And that's the God who we worship. That's the God that we serve. And that's the God who wants to speak to you and speak to each one of us in a real personal way uh, this morning. See, this is an exciting thing, all right? You're thinking, okay, wait. The creation of the world. How is that? going to be applicable to my life today, right? You know, because the Bible is more than just getting information. If all we get at the end of today is we understand what the creation is, we understand what God did on day one, day two, and we have a good grasp, you know, intellectually of what the creation was. If it stops there, then what really is what is the use for that? What is, where's the power in that? But God's going to take that story and that he's, in some way, he's going to speak to you. He's going to teach you something. It might be a course correction. It might be a word of encouragement. It's going to be something, but God's going to speak. You know, that if we would open our hearts and ask God to speak to us, he will. And so that's what we're going to do right now as we get started. We're going to pray. And we're going to ask God to speak to us through his word. See? And that's what's going to make coming here on Sunday mornings and, and listening to these stories and getting into these stories, what's going to make it so, so powerful is that we're going to come anticipating that God's going to speak to me. All right? So we're going, to, we're going to get together right now. We're going to pray. All right? And we're going to ask God, what is it that he wants us to know? What is it that he wants us to know? That I want you to pray with me. Say, God, what is it you want me to know this morning? And the second thing we're going to ask is, God, what do you want me to do? That what is it that you want me to do in light of what you're speaking to me? When I leave this place, what is it that you want me to do? And that's so important because James 1.22 says what? He says, Don't, do not merely listen to God's word. And so deceive yourselves. you got to do what it says. And so we're going to pray right now. 
And we're going to ask God to personally speak to us. Ask God to personally speak to you. Okay, right now, let's pray. Father, we are so thankful for your word. We're grateful for your word. And you know where we are right now. You know what's going on in our lives. You know what we feel in our hearts. And so we ask, Father, that you would speak to us personally this morning. That you would make it real clear in the words of your scriptures that what is it you want me to know that I can grab on to right now for where I am right now. What is it you want us to know? What is it that you want me to know? And then, Father, we ask, what is it that you want us to do? We pray that throughout this, this message that you would speak loud and clear to us. What is it you want us to know? And what is it that you want us to do, Father? And so we thank you. We are excited. We open up our hearts, and we're excited about how you are going to speak to us this morning. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So I'm really excited, all right? And, and here's the thing, too, all right? There was a small group who met last night, and they were so excited. They said, Mark, we need the discussion questions right now because we didn't even go on Sunday morning. We didn't come to the message yet, but we want to get a head start, all right? And so they met last night. They went through the discussion questions, and, you know, uh, a couple of them came to me this morning and said, you know, it was the best small group discussion that they ever had. That, that people were just in it, you know? And I was so excited to hear about that because God said to me, Mark, you know, I want you to start from Genesis and I want you to go through these stories because as you folks intentionally get into the Word by starting in Genesis, that I'm going to put a hunger in people's heart, that people are going to see things they've never saw before. And so last night when he when came back and shared that with me, I was so excited and so if you're not in a small group, you know, there's listings for small groups in here. I want to encourage you to get involved, you know. That, um, and again, because it's those discussion questions, it's really easy. You might want to maybe do it at work or wherever. It doesn't matter. So get involved or you're thinking, now, I, I would like to start a group. What does it mean to start a group? What it, what it means is you're just going to gather people together and you're going to go through these discussion questions. And here's a really interesting thing about it that if you would choose to start a group, God would bless you even more. I mean, he will. You know, whenever we speak, you talk to the people who speak, we get blessed more than anyone because we're kind of in the Word, we're digging in there, and God blesses us. If you would start a group, God would really bless you. So if you're interested in that, come see me after. But we're going to start with the story of creation of the world today. Um, we're not going to go verse by verse necessarily, but I would want to encourage you that, you know, Genesis 1-1 to Genesis 2-3, you might want to just read that during the week. You know, on your own, read that. Read the verse. Read the passage. Take time and ask God to speak to you, and, and he will. But I wanted to highlight, you know, the story of creation. What is that all about? Well, the first thing that we read, and it starts off, and it says, in the beginning, God. And that's how the Bible starts off. That's the beginning of the beginning, in the beginning, God. That it all starts with God. That, that everything starts with God. Not man, you know, not the earth, not the universe, nothing. That, that, that in the beginning, there was only God. And, and this is really, really important because 
Because we have to start here. We have to place our faith in God, you know, and in his word, that the Bible is true, and this, this account of creation is real. It requires faith. But the truth is, whatever you believe about the beginning of the world and all that, it's going to require faith. If you believe in evolution or whatever, one of these theories, it requires faith. You know? And if, as, if we believe and we say, in the, begin, in the beginning, God, it is going to require faith. Um, I saw this cartoon. It was kind of interesting once. You know, when you go to seminary, you get all these um, kind of cartoons and you know, it's really not that funny, but it kind of is if you think about all the seminary guys. But there was a cartoon, and there was a group of scientists, and they decided that they no longer uh, needed God. And one of them um, said to God, you know, we decided that we no longer need you. We can do all kinds of things through science. You know, we can even clone people, make body parts. So we don't need you anymore. And then, you know, God listens patiently and... Uh, and uh, he says, you know, let's have a man-making contest, you know, just like in the days of Adam. And so the scientist said, shoot, let's go do that, right? And he bent down to grab himself a handful of dirt. And then God smiled and said to him, no, 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 you get your own dirt, you know? And that's, the, that's a seminary joke, you know, it's like, oh, every, seminary is just laugh, we laugh about it. And I think, I don't know what the big deal about that is. You know, get your own dirt. Yeah, I guess that's funny. It's like mathematicians, they get together and they look at an equation. You know, like my son, he's a math teacher. And they'll, they'll think something is really funny with all these numbers on it. And I'm thinking, what's so funny about numbers? You know? If you want to know what I'm talking about, you know, you see my son John after. And he can kind of give you like a math joke about sine and cosines and all that kind of. I don't even know what that is. But I know that's something. Right? The truth is... <clears throat> Where we begin is crucial, and it lays the foundation for everything we believe. That, 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 that if you believe that in the beginning, God, then it kind of lays the foundation for your worldview and everything you believe. And it starts right here at the beginning of the Bible. Someone once said that it's nearly impossible to fully understand the rest of the Bible unless you understand and believe the very first chapters of Genesis. Everything starts with, in the beginning, God. And so, you know, it goes on to say, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty. Darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. And when the world and the earth was created, it was formless and empty. Now, now what does that mean? What does that look like? I don't know what it's looked like. But it was, it was this formless, empty thing, you know? And, and what we do know, though, as the story of creation goes on, we see how God forms something, and then he fills it. He fills what he forms. You know, and that's what God does. Over and over you see that. You know, that in the six days of creation, that's what we see. That God starts off with something, and then he fills it. But it all starts with God. Now, you know, you look at that and you think, some people might ask, all right, so God was there. And that was before the creation of, of, of the earth and the heavens and the earth. So you might wonder, if you're inquiring, might wonder, well, what, what was God doing? You know, 
What was God, the angels, you know, what were those, what were they doing in heaven? See? And the, the answer, the real spiritual answer to that question is, don't know. But I do know this. We're going to read the creation story, uh, parts of it, and we're going to see that, that when God created the heavens and the earth, along in that six days of creation, that was when he introduced and created time. Before he created everything, he was outside of time and space. Okay? Now, for us earthbound, time and space people, it's hard to imagine that. Because no matter what we say, we say, well, if we look at the end of the Bible and we find out what happens when there's the new heaven and new earth and when everything is done, there's going to be worship of God in heaven. It's going to be this one big time of worship where everybody is bowing down and singing praises and worshiping God. And I believe that's what was happening before God created everything. But here's the thing. Automatically, we think, oh, but how long is this going to last? Because we're still thinking confined in time and space, right? We're thinking, how long can we worship God? Isn't, I mean, even that's, God, don't strike me dead, but even that's going to get boring if we're going to do that day in, day out, hour in, for all eternity, right? I love lobster and crab. Can I eat that for all eternity? Yes, I can. No, but, you know, we don't know, right? I mean, it can get old, right? You know, I remember I was on this banh mi, you know, the Vietnamese sandwiches. I was on this kick just recently. I love that stuff. And, and I was eating it a lot. And then one day, you know, uh, we went, uh, I had a meeting. I said, let's go get some banh mi sandwiches. I'm eating that. It was great. And then, you know, uh, that night, just Joe and I, were, my wife and I were home. I said, I want to get that for dinner. I said, this is like the greatest day ever. I get that for lunch and for dinner. And so I had that about four times in, in the last, week and a half maybe, and then I go with the lunch and dinner, and by the time I'm eating it for dinner, I'm thinking, okay, this is kind of getting old now, <laughs> you know, and, but we had banh mi last night, but, you know, it's kind of getting old, but you see, we're, we're bound by time and space, and so what we're talking about, what God did before time and space was created, I mean, that's a whole different realm that I don't know if we really truly can understand, but the best I can look is when we look at, you know, what happens when, 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 you know, there's a new heaven and new earth, there's this worship going on. And God is a God, is a God who is worship, and I think that's going on. And, and, but, you know, in the beginning, there was God. And, and, and that's all there were, that God was there. And then when we look at the creation story, it demonstrates God's power. See, when we look at this story, it should fill us with confidence in the God we trusted and we served because it demonstrates God's power. We read the story of how God created everything. Man, it should, I mean, when we really think about it, it should lead us to a place of, of worship and an awe. Like, oh, God, this is crazy. You know, there was a doctor, you know, Dr. Brand, and uh, he studied, uh, he was a surgeon. He studied uh, the human hand. And just by studying the human hand, the intricacy, the marvel of the human hand, and he became a Christian. He said, this is like, this can't happen by chance. This is so amazing, you know? This is not a random deal that there's something, there's something divine about this. And he wrote a whole book about that. But when we, when we see the story of creation, it demonstrates God's amazing power. 
Not only did he create everything, but, but the truth is he, he didn't even work up a sweat. You know, he just spoke whatever we see, he spoke it into creation. In Genesis 1, 3, it says, And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. You know, verse 6, And God said, Let there be an expanse in the midst of the water, and there was. You know, verse 9, And God said, Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together one place, and let the dry land, you know, continents and all that form. And it happened. Verse 11, God said, Let earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed and all that. And it happened, and it was so, that the Bible says. In verse uh, 14, God said, let there be lights in the expanse of heaven to separate the day from the night. You see, the, God is bringing in the, the whole element of time into creation. And, you know, I mean, then there was the, the sun and the moon and all this. And what does the Bible say? And it was so. God just spoke it into creation. In verse 20, God said, let the waters swarm with swarms of living creatures and let the birds fly above the earth, above the expanse of heaven. And it was so again, you know. And then in verse 24, let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kind, livestock and creeping things and beasts and cockroaches and everything, and, and according to their kind, and it was so. You see, God created everything with a word. And when we think about that and we read about that, we think, oh, yeah, okay. But, I mean, think about that. You know, how many of you have tried to start a garden? I've tried to start a garden a number of times. I'm trying to start one now. I don't care how much time I tell that, you know, I was trying to grow Mizuna, right, in um, October. I don't care how much time I say, Mizuna, grow, grow. I mean, nothing, nothing happened, you know. But you think about it, and it's incredible. The other thing is, over 32 times in this chapter, you know, when you see in your Bible the word God, yeah, that's translated from the original, the original Hebrew word is Elohim. That's the first name that was attributed to God in the Bible, Elohim. And Elohim literally means strong one. And it was though Moses, the author of Genesis, was saying to us, look, in the beginning, there was God. In the beginning, there was the strong one. And he was continually reminding all of us that God is the strong one, that God is the powerful one, that God is the one who created heaven and earth. The, sec the other thing we can learn about the creation story is that it displays God's creativity and it, and it displays God's order. God's creativity and order. There are no accidents with God. There is there is no act, there's, there's a sense of order and a plan that we see in God's creation. That God creates a form, and as we said earlier, and then he fills it. And he doesn't willy-nilly fills that, that, that there's a plan and an order. He starts off with light and the beginning of time as we know it. Now we look there, and then later on we find out that he creates the sun and the moon. What was that light? You know, that was a divine light. I don't know what that light was. Some people say, you know, Jesus is the light of the world. Was it the light of Jesus that's illuminating over the earth? I don't know. It just said there was light. And it was a different kind of light. It wasn't the sun. It wasn't the moon. And then after he created light, he created the sky or the atmosphere. And then we see he bringing in weather, you know, the whole um, the element of weather. And then he proceeds to separate the water of the dry land, 
He creates vegetation. The beginning of agriculture gets started on day four. He creates the sun and the moon, and, they fill the, and it fills the sky with all the stars and puts to order this yearly cycle of time that we know seasons. See, there's an order and a plan going on. And then we come there, and we see that, okay, then there's the moon and the sky. I mean, the moon and the sun and all the stars to which inquiring minds of you might say, like, okay, but, like, is there really such thing as aliens, maybe, right? Because, like, there's all these stars, you know? And the answer to that is the Bible doesn't talk about aliens or anything like that. So are there? I don't know. My best guess is not because of what the story of creation is talking about. What was the purpose of the sun and the moon and the, and the stars? It was all to bring God glory. So you mean God created the vast universe and the galaxies and all this stuff just so it's out there? Ask him when you get there. I don't know, but the Bible says it was all created to bring him glory. You see? Could God do that? Yes. Did he do that? Not sure. The Bible doesn't say. And one of the things you've got to be careful is we don't want to add things, you know, make some commentary on what the Bible, we think the Bible says when the Bible doesn't say that. But the Bible says this. He created the sun, he created the, the moon, and he created all the stars that fill the heavens. And, and, and seasons began to come into play. Then on day five, he fills the seas and the skies with living creatures. And again, we see God, you know, um, um, takes something and with intention and purpose, he fills it. And you know what? I thank God for day five. And for those of you who love seafood, you thank God for day five. Thank you, God, that there's day five. Without day five, there's no sushi, friends. You know, I mean, it's a great thing, right? There's day five. He fills the seas and the skies with living creature. And then on day six, he fills the land with animals. And then with a divine purpose, God creates man. And for the first and only time, you know, God creates something in his own image. In his own image. That the creation story displays this, this order and creativity. And, and you think about, you know, what does it mean to be made in God's image? You know, what does that mean? Well, at the very least, what it means is that there is a difference between us and like cats. You know, there's a difference between us and like gorillas. You know, there's a difference between us. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit later, but... But, but God, there was an intentionality. There was a purpose. And God filled the whole earth. At the very end, he looks, you know what, I'm going to create something. I'm going to create something called man, mankind. Men and women. Male and female, that the Bible says. And, and they're going to be different. They're going to be special. That's what it's going to be. It's going to be special. Right? That it's not just men who are special. It's men and women that all of us, in God's eyes, there's a special. We were made in God's image. And we look at this and we think, wow, you know, God's doing something. That there's a plan there. That that there's an order. And when we look at the the story of creation, we think, what does the story of creation mean to us then? I mean, for where we live, what does the creation account mean to us? What does it mean for you? You know, the really amazing thing 
is that you, if you really stopped to think about it, that everything that was created, not by chance, but it was personally created by living God, that everything was created with an intention and a purpose, a divine purpose in mind, and then that this powerful, powerful God, you know, wants us to know this morning something. He wants to speak to us something personal. Man, that's exciting. That the God who created all this wants to speak to you. And that's why, you know, let, continue to let the Holy Spirit speak to you and speak truth into your life today. Here's some things that what the Lord brought to my mind. The first thing is this. You are special because Elohim, the strong one, created you. Okay. I mean, this should just stand out that I'm special. I'm a somebody. Because Elohim, God, the strong one, created me in his image. Like everything in creation, God created you. But unlike everything in creation, you are made in God's image. That being made in God's image means that, that you share, though kind of imperfectly, right? Um, that, and humanly, we share in his knowledge. That it is, we share his, what the theologians call his communicable attributes. You know, things that, that we have a part of, right? There's the incommunicable attributes, you know, like uh, omnipresence, you know, omniscience, you know, and, you know, just... Uh, all-powerful, all-wise, all-knowing, you know, that kind of stuff. We don't have that. But there's some attributes that we have because we're created in God's image. Um, attributes such as knowledge and justice. We have a sense of justice, a sense of love, mercy, rationality, speech, truth, wisdom. See, nothing else in all of creation have those attributes. That's a part of what it means that we're created in His image. Nothing at all have that. We alone. You alone. And God is saying to you that you're special. Don't let anyone tell you that you're not because you're a somebody. Because I created you in my own image. And in Psalm 139 verse 14 it says, I praise you. The psalmist says, I praise you, Father, because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. That, that you were intentionally purposefully, wonderfully, and fearfully made. That you are exactly who God wanted you to be. You know? God made you perfect just the way you are. And that's why we come in all shapes and sizes, colors, and all that stuff. That's the way God wanted it to be. He wanted you to be special. We could all look alike. You know? But we're not. We're all special. You're special because you've been created by Almighty God, in His likeness and His image. And, and see, the thing is this. Do you feel special? You know? Or do you feel like your life really doesn't matter for anything? You know, do you feel like you know, you're, you know, the, you know, my life counts for something? And what God is saying to you is don't let anything around you, culture, other people, unhealthy comparisons, even yourself, convince you that you're something less than significant. You know, that you're something less than valued. Because your Heavenly Father created you and you are valued by Him. That Elohim, the strong one, thought 
thought things through, and out of his infinite wisdom, said, I'm going to create you. See, you were created by Almighty God. The second thing is that, you know, you are never alone. That you're never alone because God is active and he's working in your life. See, God speaks to me all the time about this, Mark. You know, I, you're still under construction. You know, that, that you know, don't worry. You know, yeah, I'm, work, I'm, I'm here. I'm working in your life. That no matter what has happened in your life up to this moment, no matter how old you are, how, how young you are, no matter what's gone on in your life up to this moment, you know, God is not done with you yet. God's not done with you yet. You know, I was just speaking to someone on the phone, and they're, they're my age, you know, and, and, and they're on the mainland, and, and they're going through a really hard time, and I, I look at their life, and it's like, man, it's, it's a rough life. And there are times when, when she says to me, you know, I just feel like I'm just waiting, waiting to die. You know, and the Lord just gave me insight one day, and I said, you know, but, but you're not. You see, that God is, is doing things. He's challenging you. He's placed you in this, this really interesting church. You know, she, she's going to this African-American church, totally different culture, but she felt God leading her there. And I said, you know, God's put you there for a reason and a purpose. If he was done with you, then you'd be out to pasture somewhere. Would it be nice and comfortable? And you just eat grass all day long. It'd just be comfortable. But because life isn't comfortable for you, he's still working in your life. He still has something for you. You know, she said, really? I said, yeah. Because you think about it, right? He, God's still working in your life. What is he working in your life for? Because he has things for you, you know? And, and God wants you to know that no matter what's going on in your life, he has things for you. That God's not finished. God's not through with you yet. You might think, man, this life is a mess. It might be. But what is God working out in your life? You see, he personally and actively planned and called everything into existence. And that includes you. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, the Bible says, I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it's finally finished. When? On the day when Christ Jesus returns. You see? The truth is, he hasn't come back yet. So he's still working his good work in all of us. If you're going through a hard time, be challenged. Be, be, be rejoice because God's not through with you yet. That's, that's an indication God's not through. He's still working out his good in your life. Let God speak to you the truth of his word into your life. In Romans 8.28, it says, We know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and who called according to his purpose. Here, here's the thing. The God who created everything is active in your life, and he who created the mountains and the skies and the sun and the moon and the stars, he's working in your life. He's working all the things in your life. Is your work situation too hard for God? It isn't. Is this relational situation, is that too hard? It's not too hard for God. There's nothing that's too hard for God. How do we know this? Because God created everything we know by a word. And that God is saying to us, He's working all things together for our good. Okay? And we look back and we say, God, thank you. How amazing it is. And the story of creation can speak to us. Let the, God, let the Holy Spirit speak to you.
that he hasn't given up on you. No matter how you feel or what you're going through, you're not alone. That God was active in the creation of the heavens and the earth. And he's active in your life. And he's going to be active in your life until Christ returns. You see? That you're not alone. If you're feeling alone and discouraged or afraid, let God encourage you through his word today that he's there, he's active, just as he's been from the beginning of time, that he's active. The, the third thing, let God speak to you that you have a, you have a God-designed purpose for your life. Okay? You're not just one of 7.4 billion people living on earth or whatever it is. Right? That, that you have a God-designed purpose for your life. That in Genesis 1.27, it God created human beings in his own image. In his image, in the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Because, you know, you're unlike anything in all creation, that you're not alone. Because God is actively working in your life. And because he's created you in his image, you have a God-designed purpose for your life. Do you know what that purpose is? Once you grab hold and you know this is why I have been created, your whole life changes. And God wants to give that to every single one of us. Oh, but I don't feel that. But if you ask God and you press into God and you say, God, show me, he will show you. And your life's going to change. You know, in Ephesians chapter 2, you know, we read this all the time. I tell this to myself all the time. We are God's masterpiece. That we have been created anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. How long ago? In the beginning, God. That long ago. He had his plan. You know? And he says, I'm going to create this masterpiece. You know? I'm going to create this masterpiece. You know? Lita Rakom, my masterpiece that she would do all the good things that he's planned for her for a long time. And that the same holds true for Jason Karaoke. <laughs> I keep messing up in English. I don't keep on saying Jason Karaoke, you know. But Isaac Fong, same thing. You see, you know, Georgia Gilbert, working in the ILH athletics office. You know this applies to you. God has a God divine God designed purpose for your life. And when you find it, your life changes. Psalm 40, verse 5. Oh Lord, my God, you have performed many wonders for us. Your plans for us, your plans for us are too numerous to list. See, God's got a plan for you. God's got a plan for us. God who created everything with intention and purpose created you. You're not an accident. You're not alone. You know, God has this God-designed purpose for your life. The creation story tells us that God has a purpose and a design for everything he's created, and that includes you. And the thing that should blow your mind is unlike mountains and skies and crabs and lobsters and whatever, chickens or whatever else there is, you were created in God's own image. And God said that I am going to create this masterpiece. 
And there's going to be a design and a plan for them that is unlike anything else in all of creation. And that's special. That's why I call him or her my masterpiece. You see, your life has meaning. And I think what God is saying to us, it's time for us to walk in that purpose for which you were created. I think that's what God's saying to us. But the choice is yours. You can consider yourself an entity that is brought about by chance, that you're nothing special, that you just won out of billions, you know, that, that, that you're here and you're trying and hoping to make the most of your life, make something out of your life. Or you can believe that the truth of the Bible and that the Bible is real, that it's real, and that you can live out the truth that you are someone unique, that, that you are, are, are someone who is special, created by an all-powerful, all-wise, creative, loving God who considers you his masterpiece, who has a purpose for your life. See, that's the choice we have. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He created you, that he created your part of the creation story. What is this creator God saying to you this morning? What is he saying to you this morning? You know, what is he placing on your heart right now? Yeah, at the beginning of the message, you know, we prayed that God would speak to us. We asked him to show us what he wants us to know. You know, what has God the Holy Spirit spoken to you about in the story, the story of creation? What is it that God wants you to know? What is it that he wants you to know? I'm going to say this. Write it down. Write it in your notes. What is it that God wants you to know? You don't want to forget that because God is speaking to you. What does he want you to know? Think about it. Write it down. What is it he wants you to know right now? Because God's going to speak to you. Don't waste this opportunity. What is, he, what is he saying to you? What is it that he wants you to know? It could be as simple as, hey, I love you. You're a somebody. What does he want you to know? As you're writing that down, we also ask God to show us what he wants us to do. What is it that he's stirring our hearts to do? Take time now to write down what you believe God wants you to do. What is it that he wants you to do? It might be something really simple. After service, go up and tell Mark, that was the greatest message ever. <laughs> Whatever. Just what is it he wants you to do? It might be something like, you know what? God is saying to me, stop believing the lies that there's no purpose for my life. That's a good one. Then stop. All right? What is it that he wants you to do? And then finally, you know, I want to give you an opportunity. I want to give you an opportunity, a really great opportunity, that if you've never ever declared and said, you know, Jesus, I want you to be my Savior. I hope that as we look at the story of creation, you can see how important that is. That everything makes sense when we think about in the beginning God. And that God who created everything we know sent his son to come and die for us that we can fulfill the God-designed purpose for our lives. 
And that when we're done here, that there's a place at home in heaven for us. Because sin separated us. See, we're going to read in the weeks to come how sin came in the world and messed up everything. And we lived in a sin messed up world. And we're going to see how that happened. And because of that sin, we're all tainted by sin. We all mess up. And the Bible says that the, the penalty for sin is what? Is death. And that's why you notice from that time on, people have died. Moses died. Abraham died. Why? That's the result of sin. But what happens? Jesus, God sent his son Jesus to die for us so that we can have what we all know in John 3.16, everlasting life. That's what this is talking about. The God, created, the God who created you created you to live forever. Jesus came to make sure that'll happen. And that everlasting life that God designed for you, it starts now. And it goes from now all the way through eternity. And death is not the end. Death becomes graduation. Where God says to us, well done, come on home. And we get to go home. Get the keys to our place in heaven. My place is going to be great. Going to be on a mountain. No mortgage. You know, no property tax. No termites. Pantry filled with pork rinds. Yes. That's my home in heaven. But Jesus came so that we can be reconnected to God's original design for us. That's the significance of Jesus. That's the significance of accepting him as your Savior. So we're going to pray right now. You've never, ever accepted Jesus as your Savior. Man, do it today, okay? But just, let's bow our heads and, and just, you know, just pray along with me, all right? Heavenly Father, thank you that I see that in the beginning, God, that you were there and you created everything. And you created me with a, with a design and a divine purpose. And I know sin has messed me up. I need Jesus to come and to be my Savior, to be the penalty and to pay the penalty for my sin that I need a Savior, that I can begin to walk in the purpose that I was created for. I need a Savior because I can't get to heaven without one. So Jesus, I accept you as my Savior. Will you just come into my life? Will you just transform me from the inside out? I just want to thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you've prayed that, okay, I'm going to ask you to do something a little scary for you. Just come up and see me after. Because I can tell you, that's going to make my day. All right, just come and say, hey, I just prayed. Great. That's all you got to do. We high five, knuckles, whatever. Let's come up, all right? But why don't you stand with me and let's just close the service. Keep allowing God the Holy Spirit to speak to you during the week. Genesis 1 to Genesis 2, 3. Just kind of read Join a small group, start a small group, and continue to, continue to let God fill you.
uh, with what he wants you to know, what he wants you to do. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for your love. Pray that you would continue to speak to us throughout this week. Father, I pray that you would give us a hunger for your word that we've never had before, that we would see your word like we've never seen before, how applicable and relevant it is to our lives. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, God bless. Um, don't forget, big sale out there for the, the short-term mission teams going to Alaska and to uh, Japan, all right? We'll support them. Thanks. <laughs>